Advisor Innovation is sponsored by LPL. As financial advice continues to evolve, LPL is at the forefront. Whether it's growing your RIA or building an independent practice, advisors can pick the business model, services, technology, and product mix that best meets their clients' needs. As a top wealth management firm and a top three RIA custodian, LPL is 100% dedicated to advisor success. We look forward to learning how they can help you build your tomorrow today. For more information and show notes, visit go.lpl.com backslash advisor innovation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Advisor Innovations Podcast. My name is David Armstrong, and as you know, this is the cast where we speak to folks who are in one way or another shaping the future of wealth management. And today, I'm happy to be joined by Gary Karai, Executive Vice President at LPL. Gary, thanks a lot for joining us. Thanks so much, David. Uh, before we jump into the larger conversation, just can you give me a sense of maybe where you sit there in the LPL universe, kind of how you think about your role and responsibilities? Yeah, no, thanks, David. Happy to be on this call today. My, I'm executive vice president. I oversee a group called Strategic Partners, and that group manages the relationship uh, with both asset managers and our technology providers. Now, you know, Strategic Partners group in most large organizations like LPL only focus on the asset manager side of it, the business relationship. At LPL, we've included technology partners as well, and it's kind of logical if you think about it, that increasingly asset managers are developing or buying more and more technology uh, to power their service and their experience. And technology providers increasingly are either buying TAMPs or building asset management services. So like me and my team sit at an interesting vantage point of uh, how those two worlds intersect. Tell me a little bit more about that at LPL. I mean, how are how is technology impacting asset management uh, when you're talking about the partners that you're working with? I, you know, I think it's just a sort of a comment globally of how technology firms, um, how they're evolving their business model to be more than just simply offering technology, but, you know, really getting into the asset management uh, side of the world, whether it's doing it for margin reasons, higher margin and asset management than pure technology subscriptions, or uh, whether it's more of an adjacency. Uh, and I think it's interesting, the same's happening in reverse on the asset management side. Increasingly, technology is a delivery vehicle for investments. So you see more and more asset managers buying or developing their own technology to do that. Globally, again, maybe not LPL specifically, but we've heard a lot about the asset, the commodification of asset management, right? Asset managers are struggling to uh, uh, do more with less. Uh, prices are falling on the asset management side. Is the adoption of technology over there kind of a response to that economic dynamic? Well, I think the, so inside of, I think my comment, it was more of a macro comment on mm -hmm. what's happening um, in the shifts of both of those uh, industries. I think within LPL, you know, the way that we, we have our own technology, our own system, and we've developed and innovated that over the years, but we also work in partnership with uh, third-party technologies. And I would say the the way that we interact with them is around their technology, not on their not on the investment side of their business. And tell me a little bit about uh, you know we're speaking a lot these days about the way that LPL is you know, evolving away from the you know, traditional what we might consider the traditional independent broker dealer platform into something that's uh, more supportive of independent RIAs, multi-channel affiliations, various ways to to join LPL, work with LPL. Where do you sit in that transition, if you if that makes sense? I mean, how are you helping uh, kind of facilitate that evolution? 
again, my role is on the technology partnerships, and increasingly technology is what's powering the service delivery of, of advisors. And, and I'd say it's not limited to just RAAs. It's, it's really any affiliation. And you're right. LPL, you go back maybe five, 10 years, your LPL is thought of as the industry's largest broker dealer, which we are. Um, but it's a label that no longer defines us. And now our opportunity set really is any of the 300,000 financial advisors in, in the U.S. And it doesn't matter whether that's part of a bank, whether that's independent broker dealer, uh, whether that's an employee model, uh, or whether it's pure RA custody. You know, technology increasingly is what's powering their service. You know, we have our own internal technology. We call it client works. It's end-to-end. It marries together advisor workflows along with sort of the custodial technology that powers that, that activity. Um, but then we work in partnership with third-party technologies that either provide optionality for advisors uh, that may be coming in the door with that technology, or it's niche technology that we may not have in our core end-to-end platform, and we want to be able to complement what we have with the innovation that's happening outside of LPL. Do you see most of the advisors that uh, are attracted to LPL or are thinking about joining LPL in whatever affiliation model they choose coming to you already with a pretty well-defined tech stack and you guys are helping adjust to that or do these advisors say is technology maybe one of the things that they're looking for that is prompting them to move to a platform like LPL do you know what I mean yeah it's more it's more the latter I mean there will be some cases of um, somebody coming in with their own embedded tech stack I think the more typical use case is um, somebody that's coming in in need of technology or an upgrade in their technology. And technology is a competitive differentiator for LPL. You know, how we invest in the platform annually, how we've built it over the years, how we've adapted to different models, and and um, and then how we work in partnership with third-party technologies. That Again, that optionality and choice sort of expands our, our market opportunity. So my impression is that uh, most advisors have either, they're coming out of a place like a warehouse where technology wasn't even a, a choice for them. They had to use what was available or they're coming from the independent space where they're patching things together piece by piece themselves. When you talk about optionality, what uh, uh, platforms are in what areas of financial planning platforms? Is it uh, rebalancing technology? Is it, uh, where, where's the optionality coming to play? What are, what are advisors most coming to you with already that you're adapting to by using these third-party vendors as opposed to something that's already embedded in client works. Yeah, and it's a, it's a good way to frame where they're coming from because that often drives what their interest is or what their needs are for technology. You're right, you're right. if they're coming out of a wirehouse, they really are just using wirehouse technology. So they're coming out and, and just asking, well, what else is out there? What's available? And I would say in most cases, just the client work system, LPL system is going to serve the majority of, of, of what they need. When we think of partnering, again, there are two different ways to think about it. One is it was partnering with technology firms. One is in the major workflows, and secondly would be sort of niche technology. So major workflows would include CRM, and it would include financial planning or uh, proposal generation or performance reporting, sort of the foundational pieces of running an advisory practice. And then maybe niche technologies would be things like ESG reporting or something that uh, may not be something that every advisor would need as part of their tech stack, but a segment of the population would. And and again, the way that we think about it is uh, there'll be reasons that an advisor would use LPL's full end-to-end system and the advantages and integration that come along with that. But then there are options to use other either major workflows or niche technologies if it's something that 
They need, for example, for financial planning, there, there may be a need for an e-money or money guy pro or right capital. Those are all options uh, on our platform if an advisor uh, wants more in-depth financial planning and that technology offers it. So that that's I think it's 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 how we think of personalizing the experience for the advisor, whether it's our own technology or whether it's through partners. Okay, and those third partners, uh, third-party partners, are embedded inside ClientWorks and can just be flipped on and off as a, as a, with a switch, so to speak. It's integrated, so there's data flowing, um, flowing back and forth uh, to create a better experience for the advisor. That's part of the partnership. You know, where where data is a component of improving the, you know, that workflow experience. And, and I think your history or career here in the advisory industry overall is maybe illustrative of this. Uh, you were a financial advisor uh, before you founded Fortigent, correct? You were a co-founder of Fortigent? I, I was, yeah. No, I, I, it's, it's funny. It was a long time ago, but I, I feel like I still, and, and I've evolved in my career, but I still consider myself an advisor, just an advisor in a different form, I guess. Yeah, I was very fortunate probably about 20 years ago at this point to join. I was in an RAA for a very visionary, still a very visionary um, executive that ran that business and, and still successful today. And in that, and that firm, was, we, we created our own... Do we want to name names? Sorry, or so, can we... Oh, sure. Uh, Steve Auction. Um, yeah, sure. Part of the of right period today. Right. So we had, uh, as part of that firm, we had created our own performance reporting technology. And you go back 20 years, but we may have been one of two or three firms and you probably hadn't heard of the other two. So that it just wasn't a big market. And we created our own performance reporting. And then as as we've evolved and that reporting, we were able to sell independently to other firms, other really competing advisors and in, um, in financial institutions. We separated the business somewhere around 2005, 2006 uh, between the advisory business uh, that went on under a different name and different leadership. Uh, and then a few partners uh, and myself co-founded Fortigent and ultimately sold that to LPL in 2012. I love the idea. And and we see this example uh, in, in a few different places of advisors building their own technology, because what better to know what advisors need than advisors themselves? Yeah, I, I, it's funny. It, it, I always find those technologies to be the most interesting when they're um, started from an advisor. And I will tell you, it's a you know, LPL, we certainly have our own technology, our own tech stack, and, and our own development. And one of the advantages we have is that we've got a you know huge population of diverse advisors that help influence our development. That's that's a um, strategic advantage for us. We believe is that it's that we're not just creating technology theoretically. It's it's for practical and fundamental use, and our advisors help help drive what we do. Yeah, you have a, a, a huge pool of, uh, of feedback there. I'm sure that you can bail yourself up. You mentioned Steve Lection and, and what you guys were doing back there uh, at the early days of Fortigent. Very technology-forward-looking. Uh, when you're out there talking to advisors today who maybe are considering joining LPL, where, where do you think they are, if you could be honest with me, uh, in their technology adoption? Uh, you say most are coming to LPL. Maybe technology is pushing them in that direction. They, they, they're looking for something that they don't have themselves. You know, it, could you maybe just characterize for me overall where, you know, when you look over the advisory landscape, how far along advisors have really come in terms of adopting technology? Yeah, I mean, the old adage is, is you know, adoption is the new innovation where we've had fabulous innovation over the last 10 years. And, and the issue now is there's so much choice and it's almost the paralysis of choice, uh, which which creates a problem. It's funny, it, 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 as I think of the last 
you, know, you go back prior to 2010, you know, you, you really didn't have the, the FinTech explosion that hadn't happened yet. And, and you had uh, a limited set of technologies. Then in the last 10 years, you've had dramatic change in innovation, which has been wonderful. But it's created a, an issue where either advisors don't know what to use, or if they are choosing different technologies, it's disparate and they're not connected to each other and it creates efficiency issues and then they get frustrated and, and stop using them. So I think that there's a real opportunity. But but I do think that it's 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 less about it's less about the advisor. Um uh, that's part of it, the advisor sort of adopting new technologies. I do think it's incumbent upon firms, particularly the size of LPL, and we're really focused on this. How do we be better? Um how do we be better at rolling out technology? How do we be better at making it's our own technology, intuitive and clear, and we've got a support mechanism for it. You know, how do we think about helping them? And in some cases, and we've built a whole section of our biz solutions that does this, how can we, you know, technology may be a piece of it, but there may need to be a service layer that sits on top of it that helps advisors leverage it better. I'll, I'll give you an example of that. We, inside of, uh, again, this group called Business Solutions, managed by Matt and Yeti, uh, we have uh, a marketing solution where technology is a piece of it, but then there's an, uh, a servicing layer over top that helps them um, optimize the type of you know marketing automation and lead generation and other things that come come along with the technology. And the two together, I think, create the better experience than just having the technology alone. So I, I do think there's you know, advisors could do a better job of adopting it, but it's not all on them. I think it's incumbent upon larger firms that work with advisors to be able to support them in a way that leads that adoption. Yeah, I mean, when I think about this, I think of the sort of the first wave of uh, independent advisors in many cases being bedazzled by all the technology options they have once they get out the door from a captured environment, right? And uh, and you and you see all the options that you have in front of you. And you're like, wow, this is great. I'm going to take that and I'll take one of those. And I'll get my, you know, this great portfolio reporting. I'll do this rebalancing over here. And this, and then it just kind of becomes a mess, right? When they try to implement it and 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 bundle it all together. And so now we're back to advisors looking for all-in-one solutions. Is that how you see it too? Yeah, it's exactly that journey. I mean, again, pre-2010, it was primarily all-in-one systems. And they led to efficiency, but maybe they didn't have the competitive pressure um, of innovation. And then you've had massive innovation and led to this incredible choice. Uh, and I think it's the, you know, the dynamic that does exist is that shiny new toy of a new technology that you got to have. And then it becomes separate from everything else that you're doing. Th th then you lose that efficiency. So I think that's the, 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 then it's sort of moved back in the current dynamic to, to all in one solutions. But, I, but I, again, I don't think that I, I think you got to de determine what's right and how, what's, how it's best to personalize for the advisor whether an all-in-one solution makes sense or uh, whether, you know, wh whether piecing something, something together uh, is the right thing for them. And, and it, again, it just depends on how they focus their practice and, you know, where their skill level is and, you know, where they're, how they're delivering their service to their clients. Yeah. Speak to me a little bit more about this notion of, of embedding technology inside a service model. Is it the sort of uh, a thing where the technology almost has to recede into the background, uh, for instance, with the the business solutions and the marketing options that you offer there. You know, in some ways, technology just makes it efficient, but the technology has still, much like consumer technology, has to recede into the background, right? It's just things have to work when they need to work and how they need to work. But how much are you trying to make the advisor aware of all the the, the wires and the, the the plugs that are going on in the background? Yeah, and, and I do think in another example is something that we're testing out in business solutions on pair planning, uh, where, again, every advisor may not be 
completely conversant in how to how to use planning technology. And, and maybe if they're doing it on their own, they're using 30 or 40 percent of its functionality, but you do it in partnership with a uh, with a partner. And now you're able to fully optimize that in a way that you may not be able to do uh, on your own. So technology, in some cases, you'll be able to use it completely. Uh, maybe CRM is, a, is an example of that. Uh, in other areas where maybe less of a, you, you may just have less exposure experience there. Doing it with a partner is going to increase your increase your optimization of that technology, and it's that combination of tech and human that ultimately may lead to a better uh, better experience and greater adoption. Where do you see uh, when you're talking to third party potential third party partners the the kind of the next phase of technology going? Right, I mean, we hear a lot about uh, ESG direct indexing, uh, uh, maybe AI enhanced, you know, next specs action kind of CRM type applications. Tell me a little bit about where you see maybe the near term and if you'd like the further out uh, crystal ball gazing. You know, it's funny and it's one of the roles that that I play inside of the organization is not just not not just working with our partners, but working closely with um, the VC community and, and, you know, what new firms may be coming to market and, and where innovation is happening, sort of the leading edge of private investment into those technologies to get a window on where trends are going. So it's, it's a, you know, it's, a, it's, it's one of the, one of the roles that I, I absolutely enjoy inside of the organization. But, but to answer your question, I think there are, there are a few things that I, I find really interesting in terms of trends. One, you know, and, and maybe this is a this is a fallout of COVID and the environment that we've been in is that as we've increasingly become more digital, as investors have become more digital with their advisors, and advisors have become more digital with them and with with larger firms like us. It's led to it's it's led to kind of behavioral challenges where people are looking at information constantly and 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 maybe they want to tinker with portfolios and changes more than they probably should. Sort of the old Delbar study of, you know, if, if you leave a portfolio alone, uh, you're going to perform significantly better than investors left to their own devices of, of making behavioral changes on their own. So technologies that I think help an advisor better communicate with their with their investors and the, the entire household, really, and terminology that allows them to be more patient and follow their advice. And whether it's investment advice or planning advice, whatever the advice is. And there's more and more technologies that are doing what I think a really good job of changing language in a way that, whether it's in your proposal system or your planning system, it changes language to allow investors to be more patient with the advice that they get for clients. That's maybe point number one. Number two that, that I'm seeing is, I, I, think what's been, I think annuities and insurance have been late to the fintech party. You know, innovation has been wonderful over the last 10 years. I think the insurance and annuity market is now starting to heat up. And for good reason, it's a, it's a section of the market that's had a fair amount of operational friction. And I think it's largely been driven out of the brokerage world where, um, you know, we actually see the potential, if that friction is removed, for it to be more accessible to broader channels of advisors. So that that may be point number two, and then third, and and this is this is technology that we developed inside of LPL, is um, it's something that we call meeting manager. Um, and we launched it last year, and it's kind of interesting how we came up with um, the design of meeting manager. We actually started with a different question of how do we what's the we have our own perfor- internal performance reporting system. How do what, what's the how do we innovate and what's the performance reporting and what's the next level of development. 
And we kind of took a step back and said, I think we're asking the wrong question. Um, and I think we're solving the wrong problem. It's not, um, performance reporting is just a piece, but how do we enrich the meeting that an advisor has with their client? How do we, how do we optimize that and make it better? It could be a call, it could be in person, it could be Zoom. And it led to the design of meeting manager, which is really, let's pull pieces from different places in the technology or even outside technology together in a single way to help with, help the advisor with preparing better for the meeting, saving time in preparation for the meeting, the follow-up in the meeting, you know, compliance issues associated with it. So we're really excited about that. Um, again, we're going to pick our spots of where we develop and where we partner. That's an area that we didn't see out in third-party technologies, and we developed it, and we're pretty excited with uh, not only where it is today, but where it can evolve to. That's interesting because it, it strikes me just from hearing you describe it, what you're trying to develop there with meeting manager, it leads a little bit back to your first point, technology that helps advisors communicate better or you know use the right terminology uh, to keep their clients on track and, and tracking to the plan, whether it be the investment plan or the financial plan. Is there, is there a natural connection between number one and number three there? I, I think it's, um, I, I think there is a connection. I think you're absolutely right. And, and it's also, you know, again, it, it, we're evolving way past just investment management. It's, mm-hmm. it's really helping, helping um, advisors, helping clients uh, in all areas of their wealth management investment, just being, being one of them. And, and, and part of it, again, this is a component we look to develop inside of uh, meeting managers. You know, how are increase, how are their clients leveraging social media and what information can be gleaned from, from Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn that might enrich a profile that you might, that might be helpful for you and the overall wealth management of their account. And, and again, maybe to that first point, how do they, knowing them, how can you communicate in a way that you know will maybe resonate a little bit easier? Yeah, these are fascinating puzzles to solve. I, I envy your job there. You know, we hear a lot about uh, artificial intelligence in the wealth management space. Is this overhyped or or is this a, uh, a a real thing that might be feeding some of your work there with behavioral finance technology and, and the meeting manager? Where, where does artificial intelligence kind of fall on your radar? Yeah, no, AI, it, it's not overhyped. I think it's absolutely real. I think we're just early. It's very early innings. And, and AI has been used successfully in other businesses outside of financial services that everybody talks about. Amazon or other maybe consumer retail places where they, uh, you know, they, they seem to know what you're thinking before, before you're thinking it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we're, we're, we're in early innings on how to leverage that data. We, 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 we're very fortunate. We've got a rich set of data that we have available. We've got data on our advisors and, you know, how they're interacting with their clients. We've got data certainly on um, the investor side of that and, and, and then leveraging that in a way that, that allows us to be a better support model for our advisor. I think that's, again, we're in early innings, but there's, you know, we, we've got people in departments dedicated to that effort of how do we think of data in an optimal way to create better support and efficiency and growth ultimately for our advisors. What about, and this might be a curveball, but as you view potential third-party vendors, partners, anything in the cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, NFT space uh, that's that's on the radar or, or what's LPL's approach to that? Because we're told by some of the folks in that industry that, well, you know, the advisor's clients are already there. Uh, they're they're participating in these markets, and and if the advisors don't have a way to kind of wrap their practices around it, 
uh, they're in danger of losing out. Is that, do you see that? Or is this another thing that might be overhyped? It, it's funny. I, when you say crypto, I immediately think of an investment offer. And crypto is currency, but it's just, you know, how do we think about it from an investment standpoint? When I think of it from a technology lens, it's less about crypto and more about blockchain. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what role can blockchain play in, in sort of significant ways uh, in our industry and how can we be a leader at applying it? I mean, that, that's, uh, I, I don't know that anybody is there yet. I think we've, again, we're, we're probably, um, our financial services is still figuring out what role blockchain can play. But, but that, that is the more interesting question for us. Um, then crypto is is how do we think of blockchain sort of more dynamically within our business and our industry? But no, no thinking about how maybe uh, a client's crypto investments could be wrapped into performance reporting or or the investment platform that maybe your advisors are using, or or is there some thought about how to do that? Yeah, there's absolutely thought. It, it is, uh, and again, I think we're early innings on that. It's, mm-hmm. it's not just performance reporting or or investment recommendations, but how do we think about it in terms of, you know, uh, uh, legacy, if a client were to pass away and going on to the next generation where sort of the, you know, the legalities and logistics around managing all of that, you know, when you don't actually have cash in the bank account, I mean, th- those are interesting problems to solve. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the first step would be to identify it inside of a performance report. I'd say we're, you know, we're, we're, we're still early in that. Do you think uh, financial advisory firms expect too much of their technology? Are, are there firms out there that maybe uh, expect the technology to kind of carry them uh, in a way uh, and, and are, are kind of maybe leaning back a little bit from actual client engagement because the CRM is going to send out the emails automatically and uh, it's going to contact at the right time at the right point so I don't have to pick up the phone or I, uh, you know, do, do they expect too much of their technology when it comes to client relationships, or maybe are they not using the technology to its fullest capabilities? You know, I, if, if this question makes sense. I, I think the, I think it's probably the latter. They're not using it to the fullest capability. I, I, I don't know that in most cases advisors feel like technology replaces them. I know that was the whole issue with Robo. Is mm-hmm. you know, I think that was the conventional thinking ten years ago is that Robo was going to replace the human. And, and ultimately, that determined uh, it was determined not to be true um, that the human's critical in the in the piece of it. So, so I think that I, I think um, you know advisors that are afraid of of technology replacing them are never gonna they're, they're never gonna adopt technology, and ultimately they're gonna they're gonna lack uh, competitive differentiation with um, with the marketplace. So, so that that is an absolute issue. But I, I've never seen technology as a threat to an advisor, but a complement to what they do. Now, what I do think is an issue is um, I do think advisors probably over-index on technology being a differentiator for them in their practice, that if they use the technology, it's going to make them look different. And, and I view technology as really not a positive differentiator, but a negative differentiator. You may look, you know, the fact that you use a CRM or a financial planning tool or performance reporting, it doesn't in and of itself make you more competitive. But if you don't have it, then you lack competitiveness, if that makes sense. So it's, it's, yeah. it's you know, technology, is, you, you need it just to be in the game. And if you don't have it, then it's going to become increasingly apparent relative to your competition if you're competing for business. Technology not being a differentiator. Yeah, I like that. Do you think, and, and this might be uh, too hypothetical, but is the wealth management industry prepared for, or is the technology up to speed? Is it uh, enough of a ball work for a potential outside player 
like an Amazon, like a Walgreens, like an Apple rolling in and launching their own wealth management offering of whatever kind, shape or form that takes. Is, is the industry as it stands now ready to withstand something like that with the technology that we have? Or is it just too legacy bound, too uh, uh, burdened with uh, patchwork of different uh, firms and structures that uh, it would be easy pickings for a, a, an endemic competitor like that? That comes up a lot of, is Amazon going to get into our space? And they haven't to this point. And it's a pretty it's a pretty good space. Financial services is a good space to be in. So the question is, why haven't they? And I, and I do think that we operate in a very, you know, very intense regulatory climate. And in developing the technology in and of itself, you can't do that alone. You've got to do that in concert with uh, being a good fiduciary and following all the regulatory requirements. And, and I think that, you know, our industry has, a, has done a fabulous job of innovation, particularly over the last 10 years of innovating, but then innovating within the sort of the framework of the regulatory environment that we, that we operate in. That I do think that doesn't mean that an outside technology firm couldn't come in. I just think it's that the, the, they're going to have, you know, maybe, maybe more constraints, significantly more constraints than in the field that they're operating today. And that may impact their, you know, willingness to, you know, to jump into an industry that's unfamiliar to them. So I, I, I think we've, I think we've done a really good job, again, particularly over the last 10 years of innovating, uh, that we're getting close. Now, I, I, where we're not there yet is the user experience. I do think that the, you know, the fangs, uh, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google have, have really led the way in terms of customer experience that the financial services firms really have to mimic. Because that's that's just where the modern economy has shifted to. That's where the digital economy has shifted to. Um, but outside of that, and and you know we need to be a fast follower there. I think we've built really good innovation and functionality, and we've done it in a sort of a regulatory safe way. Yeah, that's great. Uh, you know, I you worked with uh, Steve Lockshin and and. and famously for saying, you know, anything the algorithm does better than the human, the algorithm will do eventually. As wealth services, wealth, you know, fintech services build up their own offerings. Is there a danger? Well, I'll give you an example, right? So you're right. The robos came for investing and the advisor survived that, right? Just suddenly, you know, your value as an investment manager, Mr. Financial Advisor, uh, was under threat because the robos came along. And you pivoted, you pivoted to financial planning and, and, and that's great. You value down within financial planning. Well, then the robos come for financial planning, right? And we see all sorts of automated financial planning platforms out there. A lot of them being given away for free to consumers. Uh, one-time financial plans that are, are, are easy to get uh, online or, or through some kind of bank robo relationship. Uh, so suddenly financial planning becomes maybe not the differentiator. So you're pointing to the idea of you know behavioral finance and, and making sure clients stay on the right track as being the third kind of thing there that advisors need to pivot towards. Is there a danger, though, that uh, eventually the technology will overtake the advisor and the consumer will have options of interacting with a financial advisor, quote unquote, financial advisor in all of its stripes, online, digital first? Uh, maybe there's an advisor in a call center somewhere back behind it, but largely the interaction for the most part is through a digital interface. Is that Do you see that as a, a future or is the advisor, human advisor always the primary uh, relationship point. I, I see the human advisor is always the primary in, uh, um, primary uh, relationship point. And I, listen, humans are irrational beings, and when something goes wrong, if there is something significant, a divorce, a death in the family, the market changes dramatically to the negative. Uh, the, the, there's, 
you know, um, something happening in terms of planning for, for children and, and things like that, the, the value, it, it, the value of talking to a human is, is significant. It's, you need somebody to sort of calm you or reassure you or give you confidence or, or maybe help you through a difficult, difficult situation that I don't think you get through technology. Um, and it's, it's sort of the same thing in other industries. I mean, it's, it's, you know, the, the, maybe the old example is WebMD and going to a doctor. If you've got a serious illness, then you're not, you know, you're not going to go on WebMD. You're going to talk to a human because uh, you can interact in a way that gives you comfort and helps you figure out what your choices are. It, you know, it, and I think it's the same thing with, with financial advice. You know, when there is an issue, and there always will be at some point along your journey, um, you know, having an independent rational sort of non-emotional financial counselor to work with is is comforting and necessary guys it's been great great conversation i know we're getting up to our maximum amount of time that i, I asked of you here so i appreciate it any kind of final thoughts on on uh, on, on where you see this going where technology is going uh, uh what lpl is providing for advisors yeah, no, we're, we're, thank you. I appreciate this very much and I appreciate the time. Um, yeah, we were excited with where we are, both as an organization and the types of advisors that we're supporting and how we're expanding that and then how technology plays a role and a significant, increasingly significant role. Uh, we're excited about, you know, what we've developed with our own technology and, and then uh, smartly partnering with, with other firms that can enhance our offering, provide a level of optionality, um, but then maybe expansion of of um, product choice for advisors to be able to to leverage. Uh, you know, technology really is is what's it, the advisors provide advice, and it's wrapped inside of a technology wrapper. Uh, we want to be able to sure be sure that we're offering uh, you know a good choice and and a good system for them to work into. Gary Karai, thanks very much. Appreciate your time. Great, thank you, David. Bye bye. And this is David Armstrong. You've been listening to the Advisor Innovation Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and member FINRA SIPC. LPL Financial is a separate entity from and not affiliated with wealthmanagement.com.